It's as simple as making a decision that I want to create a podcast and then here I am doing it. I was on Clubhouse earlier and I thought if I can participate in Clubhouse, then it's time to make stop making excuses and just to start creating my podcast. So this is the beginning. This is episode one. Welcome everybody. This podcast is dedicated to the lovely Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. Mandy has asked me to do a podcast for the longest time. I've been in the game 10 years working with African texture hair, supporting African hair wearers. And Mandy has continually said, I can't wait for you to get your podcast. Well, Mandy, today is the day I just stopped procrastinating and I thought, right, let's just do this. So, welcome. I will come back. I just wanted to say I'm going to post every week. I'm going to try my best to... Um, I'm going to make this a priority, a space to talk about African hair. And the reason why this moment is important is because I feel like I need to create a platform to celebrate African texture hair, to talk about mental health in terms of identity and wearing your your natural hair, your African texture hair or your curly hair. I want to create platforms that enable you to be proud, to understand the advantages of wearing your African texture hair. You see, when you wear your African texture hair in the way that celebrates who you are, it's uncovered. You don't realize how much you're recognized, how much you're seen you're seen because your hair doesn't look like anybody else. African hair texture looks like nobody else's hair. Everybody's an individual. And that's what I try to represent and communicate with Knotted Locks, which in future podcasts, I will explain how Knotted Locks came to exist. But really, it came to exist because I feel like it's time for us to celebrate our natural texture hair without the palaver and the restriction and the rigidity that Sister Locks gave small size locks wearers. So knotted locks has been created for the busy people who want to wear their hair in an easy hairstyle where their hair is locked in small size. And small size is important because when you wear small size locks, you get the fullness um, that you've been searching for. You also get the versatility of styling. And with knotted locks, you get your locks relocked when you want, as and when you want, and you can interact with water a lot more, and you don't have to worry about banding and braiding. So, do you know what? I thought, let me make my first step. Let me take my first step. Share my podcast, um, comment, and um, I just thank you for your support, because without everybody's support, I won't get to this point where I feel like... A podcast is way overdue. I'll be back. Thank you for listening to my first podcast and um, keep following and sharing because I am here to show you and to represent African texture hair, to say 
it give, it's giving me life and it's given a lot of people who I've taught to look after their hair and my clients, it's giving them life. African hair is fun. And that's the message I want to leave with you today. Thank you for following my podcast and I'll be back. Take care of yourselves. Bye. At this point, I think giving you a background into my hair story is important. This podcast is dedicated to African hair, (laughs) African texture hair. It is incredible how powerful, how strong our African hair is and how much we abuse it, talk at it, um, pull it, try and do so many things with it, cover it, uncover it, and while we uncover it, we're parting it, we're reparting it, and it still works for us. It only starts falling when it has nothing else to give. So this moment is to recognize the power that is African texture hair. My African hair story. It all started with the cornrows, the hot combs. And I remember that I absolutely hated hot combing. It used to hurt me. My hair was fragile. I used to get burns edges. I used to get burns ear. And I used to get a rough like pulling of my head and a telling off when I'd eventually get burnt and scarred. And I remember the frying, you know, when they put the dax on and the heat of the comb goes, fry. (laughs) And then some of my hair would be burnt off because, oops, (laughs) a hot comb was too hot. And then it will be curled tight, tight and shiny. And the warning is, make sure you avoid rain. (laughs) If you see rain, you know what to do. So I used to have my hair the next day all curled and looking lovely, but I just didn't feel nice. I, I didn't feel nice. And that was my childhood really. And as I grew older, um, I then moved into extensions. I don't actually, the only time I remember my hair being out natural was when it was cut too short to put extensions in. But once it starts growing, extensions were put in. Um, Just the usual experience, you know, um, tight, um, heavy. And it's just what, I just didn't know that I could have my hair out. It just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't presentable. And then as soon as I turned 16, perm, the creamy crack, the relaxer, and then the weave-ons. And that's just how my life continued. I don't think I thought much about it. And I feel like when I thought about my hair... I just thought, oh, I wish I had hair like other people because I noticed other people's hairs were permed nice. 
And for me, I felt like, unfortunately, my hair didn't take to perm like other people's permed hair. I wanted my hair slick, shiny, laid flat. And my hair never laid flat. My hair would be permed, but it would rise. <laughs> it would be, feel a lot more light afro-y than laid down flat. That I found that frustrating with my hair, but there wasn't any other option. I was going to carry on perming my hair. I noticed something with perm that every time I had the perm, it burnt and it burnt like hell. It started from my crown um, and it just moved all through my head. And it was a pain that left me speechless. I felt like tears would run down my eyes. I used to ask the person, is it time to remove the perm? And they would go, hold on. And then they would lift it. Jesus Christ. They would lift it. And as they lifted it, I'll feel the heat. And then they'll be like, now you need another 10 minutes or whatever. And then they would, you know, when they use the, the comb and they would like press down the cream more, which will go into my scalp. I felt my scalp was cooking. And they always told me I'm fine. But at the end of the session, when it was washed off, when it was finally washed off, I always had this sensation, still the tingling burn. And I always had hair attached to my scalp, <laughs> to the base of my scalp. And when I would try and lift that hair, it won't move. And instinctively, I knew it was stuck and I should wait for it to scar over. Are you listening? This is what we a lot of us went through, um, yet we still have hair. Um, I would wait for it to scar over, and then maybe a week or two weeks down the line, or maybe by the end of the week, maybe I'm exaggerating, it wasn't two weeks, a week down the line, then I'd be able to move it, and it was always scarred. So that was my life. And then, thankfully, I decided to leave with a hairdresser who left that salon. Now, something I'd noticed is my hair would always break and they would say to me, it's because you're not, you missed your six weeks because I was supposed to perm my hair six, every six weeks, which is very interesting because that's the sister locks rule. The sister locks rule is get your hair done every six weeks. And actually that's a narrative we've been told in the past with re, uh, re relaxing our hair is get your hair done every six weeks. So if I went further um, along like eight weeks, they would say, well, that's why your hair fell. Um, your hair fell, it broke because you didn't come in time to get your hair done. So you must come every six weeks to get your hair uh, retouched, I would be told. Um, and religiously, my hair fell. I would walk out of the salon with a kind of perm because my hair didn't stay flat like everybody else's. But soon after I would have breakage and I was one of those sad, pathetic people who used to try and have like a bun, but the, the surrounding hair has, is so broken that would be Afro. So you couldn't pull it flat. It was just ridiculous. And then I started noticing something that um, my hair seemed to be fluffy and was never look, looked really permed. Um, but anyway, I thought I could do better. So I moved with um, a hairdresser who um, she was doing my hair from her space and she explained to me the reason why my hair was breaking off was because even though they tried the kiddie perm because of how hot my head was, you know, how it burned, 
even though they tried the um, the kitty perm, the lady was pouring the remaining perm cream into a new bowl um, that she just opened and it didn't matter the brand she was just pouring the cream in and then was applying it and because most of her clients had strong hair it didn't break but because my hair was so my hair is sensitive my scalp is sensitive my strands are thin I don't have a lot of hair it just showed up the damage showed up quicker so that stylist then said to me why don't you move to jerry curl and I was like Jerry Curl's a bit old-fashioned, but yeah, if I'm going to have, she said she's going to have fuller hair. So I was like, yeah, okay, reluctantly, but still looking forward to it. I decided to grow up the perm, which is breaking off. And then I was going to um, curly perm it, Jerry Curl it. During this process, I began to realise that my hair was Jerry Curl when I oiled it, because <laughs> my hair was soft. So I realised my hair was curly. Nobody had told me about my hair. Nobody told me about my hair and I realised my hair was curly. So I just thought, well, I might as well just grow it out. And that's how um, I went natural without understanding what I was doing. And then naturally I didn't notice when the perm broke off, I didn't notice. Um, and then I just thought, right, I'm going to go natural. But because I didn't have the foundation or the grounding, I feel like I abused my hair a lot. So I feel like I was doing too much to my hair. I was putting the heaviest of extensions in my hair. I was blow drying my hair. I was maltreating my hair a lot. Um, I was hanging heavy adornments on it. I was burning along the extension to make sure the hairstyle was neat. And then I realized when I'm unpicking the hair, like three months later, that my hair was on the floor because I burnt it. So there were so many bad practices I did. And then I just got fed up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of the kinky twist extensions. I'm tired of the braids. I just want my afro. And something I realized, which really um, got me a bit upset is when I became natural, I did. I wasn't somebody who, I didn't realize afro hair was a gift. Afros, the afro hair shape was a gift. My hair never achieved that. I found it frustrating because every time I had my hair styled in a certain way, and by the way, I was obsessed with overcoloring my hair, which wasn't helping because it was like a mini perm. Every time I styled my hair to go out to a formal occasion, I found that when I came back, I understood why people were staring at me in a funny way because the hairstyle had shifted because I'd sweated moisture and my hair had changed because my hair is quite sensitive with regards to any environment it's in. So I began to find it frustrating, so I began to twist my hair. So I twisted my hair for a long time. So I was natural for 12 years and I did all kinds of hairstyle. And then I now understand it was divine intervention. Um, let's say God whispered to me or the universe, um, you know, um, I, it says like, I, I just had this feeling like, don't, I don't want any more foreign matter on my hair. I want to, I want my own hair. So I was twisting it. Um, and on twisting it, twisting it, on twisting it. And then um, one day, um, I think I said this before I saw it. So I said, I don't want locks. I definitely don't want locks, but I want something a bit more permanent that's natural, that doesn't involve any chemicals. I can still color my hair, but no perm, no changing of my texture, 
um, no heat, but it's a natural hairstyle. And as I spoke it, I knew 100% it was impossible what I was looking for. I was a PR recruiter and I need a professional hairstyle, what I would call a professional hairstyle. But I definitely knew I would not ever want to perm my hair again. And then I went to an event and I went with a friend and previously another friend had mentioned the word sister locks to me and I completely deleted the idea. First of all, I felt like locks breaks hair because every lock head of lock I used to see used to be scalpy and yes the locks was long but I didn't find the length beautiful I felt it disturbing that the scalp was so clean and so balded looking and then eventually when I asked them why did you cut off your locks because they always did they would say um because it was heavy and I'm going to share another in a future post about this myth about locks being too heavy for hair hence the reason why locks was cut off because that's untrue so anyway um so I knew locks was a negative thing and I didn't want that on my hair. So when my friend mentioned sister locks to me and I was reluctant to hear any further, she said, when you see it, you'll understand why it's worth getting it. But because you're hearing locks and I'm from like Sierra Leone and Gambia, I'm a West African girl. In our family, you don't, you're like, locks is not an option. That's how I was raised. That's the idea I had. But then, um, it's very interesting that the following weekend I went to an event and uh, another friend came up to me and said, I found the perfect solution for you. And when I saw Sister Locks, I was in love. I followed these women and I said, there's no way there are Londoners. They know where there's no way they're from London. Their hair is like US, out of this world, America or some other place. So far, I'm not going to be able to get it. And then I walked behind them and then I heard them speak and I heard the British accent and I was like, oh my God, they're from London. And that was it. I fell in love with Sister Locks, but I was still cynical because I heard locks. So a friend had locks installed and I thought I'm going to wait for a year and watch her lose her hair. And then I'll be like, that's why I didn't want to lock my hair because I knew that it would fall off. But this person had lighter, thinner hair than me and her hair began to look fuller and fuller and fuller. Meanwhile, every evening I'd look at the picture of the leaflet that was given and I'm like, wow, they're like extensions. Wow, they're so beautiful. Imagine your hair growing like that. Wow, wow, wow. And so one day I just made a decision. I was like, I'm doing it. And I was so passionate about it. I remember telling my husband, I'm doing this thing, this is I'm doing it. And I remember I was really animated. My husband looked at me calmly and went, uh, I don't care what you do with your hair. Um, it's up to you. And that's when I realized I was being my own blocker. <laughs> I was stopping myself. I was telling myself the narrative that I should lock my hair and it's not a good idea because clearly my husband didn't care about it. And so I went on the journey of sister locks, getting it installed. I will share in my next post what that experience was like and how Sister Locks absolutely was meant to be in my life and how having Sister Locks on my hair changed my life and therefore changed everybody else's life whose hands, whose hair I touched thanks to Sister Locks. So in my next post, I will be sharing my sister lock story, my sister lock's journey. Thank you so much to list for thank you so much for listening to my post. 
I want you to understand something that as you listen to my post, if you are thinking of or you have a vision of something you want to do that you're really afraid of, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Make your mistakes. Go through this podcast and you will hear a lot of little errors and a lot of little mistakes. But that's okay because fundamentally the essence of what I'm trying to share with you is what is important, not the fact that I make mistakes. As I speak, I speak with intention to let you know that I am you and you are me and I see you and I qualify you and you deserve this moment. So I hope apart from you hearing about my hair stories and my lock journeys and my lock stories, it enables you, it gives you into you becoming a better version of yourself with your errors, with your mistakes, forgive yourself, but keep learning from your mistakes and keep moving on. Now, if you look for the errors, you will find them. But if you look for the success story within your life and within this podcast, you will find it and you will utilize it to feed your soul and to drive you into knowing that if Melissa can, I can too. Thank you for listening to my post. Share it and come back to hear the next part of my hair story, which will be my lock story and my sister lock's story. Thank you. Bye. Take care of yourselves. Bye. At this point, I think giving you a background into my hair story is important. This podcast is dedicated to African hair, (laughs) African texture hair. It is incredible how powerful, how strong our African hair is and how much we abuse it, talk at it, um, pull it, try and do so many things with it, cover it, uncover it, and while we uncover it, we're parting it, we're reparting it, and it still works for us. It only starts falling when it has nothing else to give. So this moment is to recognize the power that is African texture hair. My African hair story, it all started with the cornrows, the hot combs, and I remember that I absolutely hated hot combing. It used to hurt me, my hair was fragile, (laughs) I used to get burnt edges, I used to get burnt ear. And I used to get a rough like pulling of my head and a telling off when I'd eventually get burnt and scarred. And I remember the frying, you know, when they put the dax on and the heat of the comb goes, fry. (laughs) And then some of my hair would be burnt off because, oops, (laughs) the hot comb was too hot. And then it will be curled tight, tight and shiny. And the warning is, make sure you avoid rain. 
if you see rain, you know what to do. So I used to have my hair the next day all curled and looking lovely, but I just didn't feel nice. I, I didn't feel nice. And that was my childhood, really. And as I grew older, um, I then moved into extensions. I don't actually, the only time I remember my hair being out natural was when it was cut too short to put extensions in. But once it starts growing, extensions were put in. Um, Just the usual experience, you know, um, tight, um, heavy. And it's just what I just didn't know that I could have my hair out. It just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't presentable. And then as soon as I turned 16, perm, the creamy crack, the relaxer, and then the weave-ons, and that's just how my life continued. I don't think I thought much about it. And I feel like when I thought about my hair, I just thought, oh, I wish I had hair like other people because I noticed other people's hairs were permed. Nice. And for me, I felt like, unfortunately, my hair didn't take to perm like other people's permed hair. I wanted my hair slick, shiny, laid flat. And my hair never laid flat. My hair would be permed, but it would rise. <laughs> it would be feel a lot more light afro-y than laid down flat. That I found that frustrating with my hair, but there wasn't any other option. I was going to carry on perming my hair. I noticed something with perm that every time I had the perm, it burnt and it burnt like hell. It started from my crown um, and it just moved all through my head and it was a pain that left me speechless. I felt like tears would run down my eyes. I used to ask the person, is it time to remove the perm? And they would go, hold on, and then they would lift it. Jesus Christ, they would lift it. And as they lifted it, I'll feel the heat. And then they'll be like, now you need another 10 minutes or whatever. And then they would, you know when they use the, the comb? And they would like press down the cream more, which will go into my scalp. I felt my scalp was cooking. And they always told me I'm fine. But at the end of the session, when it was washed off, when it was finally washed off, I always had this sensation, still the tingling burn. And I always had hair attached to my scalp, (laughs) to the base of my scalp. And when I would try and lift that hair, it won't move. And instinctively, I knew it was stuck and I should wait for it to scar over. Are you listening? This is what we, a lot of us went through. Um, Yet we still have hair. Um, I would wait for it to scar over and then maybe a week or two weeks down the line, or maybe by the end of the week, maybe I'm exaggerating, it wasn't two weeks, a week down the line, then I'd be able to move it. And it was always scarred. So that was my life. And then, thankfully, I decided to leave with a hairdresser who left that salon. Now, something I'd noticed is my hair would always break. And they would say to me, 
it's because you're not you missed your six weeks because I was supposed to perm my hair six every six weeks, which is very interesting because that's the sister locks rule. The sister locks rule is get your hair done every six weeks, and actually that's a narrative we've been told in the past with re uh, re relaxing our hair is get your hair done every six weeks. So if I went further um, along like eight weeks, they would say, well, that's why your hair fell. Um, your hair fell, it broke because you didn't come in time to get your hair done. So you must come every six weeks to get your hair uh, retouched, I would be told. Um, and religiously, my hair fell. I would walk out of the salon with a kind of perm because my hair didn't stay flat like everybody else's. But soon after, I would have breakage. And I was one of those sad, pathetic people who used to try and have like a bun but the, the surrounding hair has, is so broken that would be Afro. So you couldn't pull it flat. It was just ridiculous. And then I started noticing something that um, my hair seemed to be fluffy and was never look, looked really permed. Um, but anyway, I thought I could do better. So I moved with um, a hairdresser who, um, she was doing my hair from her space. And she explained to me the reason why my hair was breaking off was because even though they tried the kiddie perm because of how hot my head was, you know, how it burned, even though they tried the um, the kiddie perm, the lady was pouring the remaining perm cream into a new bowl um, that she just opened and it didn't matter the brand. She was just pouring the cream in and then was applying it. And because most of the clients had strong hair, it didn't break. But because my hair was so, my hair is sensitive, my scalp is sensitive, my strands are thin. I don't have a lot of hair. It just showed up, the damage showed up quicker. So that stylist then said to me, why don't you move to Jerry Curl? And I was like, Jerry Curl's a bit old fashioned. But yeah, if I'm gonna have, she said, you could have fuller hair. So I was like, yeah, okay, reluctantly but still looking forward to it, I decided to grow up the perm, which is breaking off. And then I was gonna um, curly perm it, jerry curl it. During this process, I began to realize that my hair was jerry curl when I oiled it, because <laughs> my hair was soft. So I realized my hair was curly. Nobody had told me about my hair. Nobody had told me about my hair. And I realized my hair was curly. So I just thought, well, I might as well just grow it out. And that's how um, I went natural without understanding what I was doing and then naturally I didn't notice when the perm broke off I didn't notice um, and then I just thought right I'm gonna go natural but because I didn't have the foundation or the grounding I feel like I abused my hair a lot so I feel like I was doing too much to my hair I was putting the heaviest of extensions in my hair I was blow drying my hair I was maltreating my hair a lot um, I was hanging heavy adornments on it. I was burning along the extension to make sure the hairstyle was neat. And then I realized when I'm unpicking the hair, like three months later, that my hair was on the floor because I burnt it. So there were so many bad practices I did. And then I just got fed up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of the kinky twist extensions. I'm tired of the braids. I just want my afro. And something I realized, which really... Um, got me a bit upset is when I became natural I did I wasn't somebody who I didn't realize afro hair was a gift afros 
the afro hair shape was a gift my hair never achieved that i found it frustrating because every time i had my hair styled in a certain way and by the way i was obsessed with over coloring my hair which wasn't helping because it was like a mini perm every time i styled my hair to go out to a formal occasion i found that when i came back i understood why people were staring at me in a funny way because the hairstyle had shifted because i'd sweated moisture and my hair had changed because my hair is quite sensitive with regards to any environment it's in. So I began to find it frustrating, so I began to twist my hair. So I twisted my hair for a long time. So I was natural for 12 years and I did all kinds of hairstyle. And then I now understand it was divine intervention. Um, let's say God whispered to me or the universe, um, you know, um, I, it says like, I, I just had this feeling like, don't, I don't want any more foreign matter on my hair. I want to, I want my own hair. So I was twisting it. Um, and on twisting it, twisting it, on twisting it. And then um, one day, um, I think I said this before I saw it. So I said, I don't want locks. I definitely don't want locks, but I want something a bit more permanent that's natural, that doesn't involve any chemicals. I can still color my hair, but no perm, no changing of my texture, um, no heat, but it's a natural hairstyle. And as I spoke it, I knew 100% it was impossible what I was looking for. I was a PR recruiter and I need a professional hairstyle, what I would call a professional hairstyle. But I definitely knew I would not ever want to perm my hair again. And then I went to an event and I went with a friend and previously another friend had mentioned the word sister locks to me and I completely deleted the idea. First of all, I felt like locks breaks hair because every lock head of lock I used to see used to be scalpy and yes the locks was long but I didn't find the length beautiful I felt it disturbing that the scalp was so clean and so balded looking and then eventually when I asked them why did you cut off your locks because they always did they would say um because it was heavy and I'm going to share another in a future post about this myth about locks being too heavy for hair hence the reason why locks was cut off because that's untrue so anyway um so I knew locks was a negative thing and I didn't want that on my hair. So when my friend mentioned sister locks to me and I was reluctant to hear any further, she said, when you see it, you'll understand why it's worth getting it. But because you're hearing locks and I'm from like Sierra Leone and Gambia, I'm a West African girl. In our family, you don't, you're like locks is not an option. That's how I was raised. That's the idea I had. But then, um, it's very interesting that the following weekend I went to an event and uh, another friend came up to me and said, I found the perfect solution for you. And when I saw Sister Locks, I was in love. I followed these women and I said, there's no way there are Londoners. There's no way, there's no way they're from London. Their hair is like US, out of this world, America or some other place. So far, I'm not going to be able to get it. And then I walked behind them and then I heard them speak and I heard the British accent. I was like, oh my God, they're from London. And that was it. I fell in love with Sister Locks. But I was still cynical because I heard locks. So a friend had locks installed and I thought I'm going to wait for a year and watch her lose her hair. And then I'll be like, that's why I didn't want to lock my hair because I knew that it would fall off. But this person had lighter, thinner hair than me and her hair began to look fuller and fuller and fuller. Meanwhile, every evening I'd look at the picture of the leaflet that was given and I'm like, wow, they're like extensions. Wow, they're so beautiful. Imagine your hair growing like that. Wow, wow, wow. And so one day I just made a decision. 
I was like, I'm doing it. And I was so passionate about it. I remember telling my husband, I'm doing this thing, this, 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 I'm doing it. And I remember I was really animated. My husband looked at me calmly and went, uh, I don't care what you do with your hair. Um, it's up to you. And that's when I realized I was being my own blocker. I was stopping myself. I was telling myself the narrative that I should lock my hair and it's not a good idea because clearly my husband didn't care about it. And so I went on the journey of sister locks, getting it installed. I will share in my next post what that experience was like and how sister locks absolutely was meant to be in my life and how having sister locks on my hair changed my life and therefore changed everybody else's life whose hands, whose hair I touched thanks to sister locks. So in my next post, I will be sharing my sister lock story, my sister locks journey. Thank you so much to list for, thank you so much for listening to my post. I want you to understand something, that as you listen to my post, if you are thinking of, or you have a vision of something you want to do that you're really afraid of, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Make your mistakes. Go through this podcast and you will hear a lot of little errors and a lot of little mistakes. But that's okay because fundamentally the essence of what I'm trying to share with you is what is important, not the fact that I make mistakes. As I speak, I speak with intention to let you know that I am you and you are me and I see you and I qualify you and you deserve this moment. So I hope apart from you hearing about my hair stories and my lock journeys and my lock stories, it enables you, it gives you into you becoming a better version of yourself with your errors, with your mistakes, forgive yourself, but keep learning from your mistakes and keep moving on. Now, if you look for the errors, you will find them. But if you look for the success story within your life and within this podcast, you will find it and you will utilize it to feed your soul and to drive you into knowing that if Melissa can, I can too. Thank you for listening to my post. Share it and come back to hear the next part of my hair story, which will be my lock story and my sister locks story. Thank you. Bye. Take care of yourselves. Bye. At this point, I think giving you a background into my hair story is important. This podcast is dedicated to African hair, (laughs) African texture hair. It is incredible how powerful, how strong our African hair is and how much we abuse it, tug at it, um, pull it, try and do so many things with it, cover it, uncover it, and while we uncover it, we're parting it, we're reparting it, and it still works for us. It only starts falling when it has nothing else to give. 
So this moment is to recognize the power that is African texture hair. My African hair story. It all started with the cornrows, the hot combs. And I remember that I absolutely hated hot combing. It used to hurt me. My hair was fragile. I used to get burns edges. I used to get burns ear. And I used to get a rough like pulling of my head and a telling off when I'd eventually get burnt and scarred. And I remember the frying. You know, when they put the dax on and the heat of the comb goes, fry. <laughs> and then some of my hair would be burnt off because, oops, <laughs> the hot comb was too hot. And then it would be curled tight, tight and shiny. And the warning is, make sure you avoid rain. <laughs> if you see rain, you know what to do. So I used to have my hair the next day all curled and looking lovely, but I just didn't feel nice. I, I didn't feel nice. And that was my childhood really. And as I grew older, um, I then moved into extensions. I don't actually, the only time I remember my hair being out natural was when it was cut too short to put extensions in. But once it starts growing, extensions were put in. Um, just the usual experience, you know, um, tight, um, heavy. And it's just what, I just didn't know that I could have my hair out. It just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't presentable. And then as soon as I turned 16, perm, the creamy crack, the relaxer, and then the weave-ons. And that's just how my life continued. I don't think I thought much about it. And I feel like when I thought about my hair... I just thought, oh, I wish I had hair like other people because I noticed other people's hairs were permed. Nice. And for me, I felt like, unfortunately, my hair didn't take to perm like other people's permed hair. I wanted my hair slick, shiny, laid flat. And my hair never laid flat. My hair would be permed, but it would rise. <laughs> It would be feel a lot more light afro-y than laid down flat. That I found that frustrating with my hair, but there wasn't any other option. I was going to carry on perming my hair. I noticed something with perm that every time I had the perm, it burnt and it burnt like hell. It started from my crown um, and it just moved all through my head. And it was a pain that left me speechless. I felt like tears would run down my eyes. I used to ask the person, is it time to remove the perm? And they would go, hold on. And then they would lift it. Jesus Christ. They would lift it. And as they lifted it, I'll feel the heat. And then they'll be like, now you need another 10 minutes or whatever. And then they would, you know, when they use the, the comb, and they would like press down the cream more, which will go into my scalp. I felt my scalp was cooking. 
and they always told me I'm fine. But at the end of the session, when it was washed off, when it was finally washed off, I always had this sensation, still the tingling burn. And I always had hair attached to my scalp, (laughs) to the base of my scalp. And when I would try and lift that hair, it won't move. And instinctively, I knew it was stuck and I should wait for it to scar over. Are you listening? This is what we a lot of us went through. Um, yet we still have hair. Um, I would wait for it to scar over. And then maybe a week or two weeks down the line. Or maybe by the end of the week. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It wasn't two weeks. A week down the line, then I'd be able to move it. And it was always scarred. So that was my life. And then, thankfully... I decided to leave with a hairdresser who left that salon. Now, something I'd noticed is my hair would always break and they would say to me, it's because you're not, you missed your six weeks because I was supposed to perm my hair six, every six weeks, which is very interesting because that's the sister locks rule. The sister locks rule is get your hair done every six weeks. And actually that's a narrative we've been told in the past with re uh, re relaxing our hair is get your hair done every six weeks. So if I went further um, along, like eight weeks, they would say, well, that's why your hair fell. Um, Your hair fell, it broke because you didn't come in time to get your hair done. So you must come every six weeks to get your hair uh, retouched, I would be told. Um, And religiously, my hair fell. I would walk out of the salon with a kind of perm because my hair didn't stay flat like everybody else's. But soon after I would have breakage and I was one of those sad, pathetic people who used to try and have like a bun, but the, the surrounding hair has, is so broken that would be Afro. So you couldn't pull it flat. It was just ridiculous. And then I started noticing something that um, my hair seemed to be fluffy and was never look, looked really permed. Um, but anyway, I thought I could do better. So I moved with um, a hairdresser who, Um, she was doing my hair from her space and she explained to me the reason why my hair was breaking off was because even though they tried the kiddie perm because of how hot my head was, you know, how it burned, even though they tried the, um, the kiddie perm, the lady was pouring the remaining perm cream into a new bowl Um, that she just opened and it didn't matter the brand she was just pouring the cream in and then was applying it and because most of her clients had strong hair it didn't break but because my hair was so my hair is sensitive my scalp is sensitive my strands are thin I don't have a lot of hair it just showed up the damage showed up quicker so that stylist then said to me why don't you move to jerry curl and I was like Jerry Curl's a bit old-fashioned, but yeah, if I'm going to have, she said she's going to have fuller hair. So I was like, yeah, okay, reluctantly, but still looking forward to it. I decided to grow up the perm, which is breaking off. And then I was going to um, curly perm it, jerry curl it. During this process, I began to realise that my hair was jerry curl when I oiled it, because <laughs> my hair was soft. So I realised my hair was curly. Nobody had told me about my hair. Nobody told me about my hair. I realized my hair was curly. So I just thought, well, I might as well just grow it out. And that's how um, I went natural without understanding what I was doing. And then naturally, I didn't notice when the perm broke off. I didn't notice. 
Um, and then I just thought, right, I'm going to go natural. But because I didn't have the foundation or the grounding, I feel like I abused my hair a lot. So I feel like I was doing too much to my hair. I was putting the heaviest of extensions in my hair. I was blow drying my hair. I was maltreating my hair a lot. Um, I was hanging heavy adornments on it. I was burning along the extension to make sure the hairstyle was neat. And then I realized when I'm unpicking the hair, like three months later, that my hair was on the floor because I burnt it. So there were so many bad practices I did. And then I just got fed up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of the kinky twist extensions. I'm tired of the braids. I just want my afro. And something I realized, which really um, got me a bit upset is when I became natural, I did I wasn't somebody who, I didn't realize afro hair was a gift. Afros, the afro hair shape was a gift. My hair never achieved that. I found it frustrating because every time I had my hair styled in a certain way, and by the way, I was obsessed with overcoloring my hair, which wasn't helping because it was like a mini perm. Every time I styled my hair to go out to a formal occasion, I found that when I came back, I understood why people were staring at me in a funny way because the hairstyle had shifted because I'd sweated moisture and my hair had changed because my hair is quite sensitive with regards to any environment it's in. So I began to find it frustrating, so I began to twist my hair. So I twisted my hair for a long time. So I was natural for 12 years and I did all kinds of hairstyle. And then I now understand it was divine intervention. Um, let's say God whispered to me or the universe, um, you know, um, I, it says like, I, I just had this feeling like, don't, I don't want any more foreign matter on my hair. I want to, I want my own hair. So I was twisting it. Um, and on twisting it, twisting it, on twisting it. And then um, one day, um, I think I said this before I saw it. So I said, I don't want locks. I definitely don't want locks, but I want something a bit more permanent that's natural, that doesn't involve any chemicals. I can still color my hair, but no perm, no changing of my texture, um, no heat, but it's a natural hairstyle. And as I spoke it, I knew 100% it was impossible what I was looking for. I was a PR recruiter and I need a professional hairstyle, what I would call a professional hairstyle. But I definitely knew I would not ever want to perm my hair again. And then I went to an event and I went with a friend and previously another friend had mentioned the word sister locks to me and I completely deleted the idea. First of all, I felt like locks breaks hair because every lock head of lock I used to see used to be scalpy and yes the locks was long but I didn't find the length beautiful I felt it disturbing that the scalp was so clean and so balded looking and then eventually when I asked them why did you cut off your locks because they always did they would say um because it was heavy and I'm going to share another in a future post about this myth about locks being too heavy for hair hence the reason why locks was cut off because that's untrue so anyway um so I knew locks was a negative thing and I didn't want that on my hair. So when my friend mentioned sister locks to me and I was reluctant to hear any further, she said, when you see it, you'll understand why it's worth getting it. But because you're hearing locks and I'm from like Sierra Leone and Gambia, I'm a West African girl in our family, you don't you're like, locks is not an option. That's how I was raised. That's the idea I had. But then um, it's very interesting that the following weekend I went to an event and uh, another friend came up to me and said, I found the perfect solution for you. And when I saw Sister Locks, I was in love. 
I followed these women and I said, there's no way they are Londoners. They're no way, there's no way they're from London. Their hair is like US, out of this world, America or some other place. So far, I'm not going to be able to get it. And then I walked behind them and then I heard them speak and I heard the British accent. And I was like, oh my God, they're from London. And that was it. I fell in love with Sister Locks. But I was still cynical because I heard locks. So a friend had locks installed and I thought I'm going to wait for a year and watch her lose her hair and then I'll be like that's why I didn't want to lock my hair because I knew that it would fall off but this person had lighter thinner hair than me and her hair began to look fuller and fuller and fuller meanwhile every evening I'd look at the picture of the leaflet that was given and I'm like wow they're like extensions wow they're so beautiful imagine your hair growing like that wow 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 and so one day I just made a decision. I was like, I'm doing it. And I was so passionate about it. I remember telling my husband, I'm doing this thing, this is this, I'm doing it. And I remember I was really animated. My husband looked at me calmly and went, uh, I don't care what you do with your hair. Um, it's up to you. And that's when I realized I was being my own blocker. I was stopping myself. I was telling myself the narrative that I shouldn't lock my hair and it's not a good idea because clearly my husband didn't care about it. And so I went on the journey of sister locks, getting it installed. I will share in my next post what that experience was like and how sister locks absolutely was meant to be in my life and how having sister locks on my hair changed my life and therefore changed everybody else's life whose hands whose hair I touched thanks to sister locks so in my next post I will be sharing my sister locks story my sister locks journey thank you so much to list for thank you so much for listening to my post I want you to understand something that as you listen to my post If you are thinking of, or you have a vision of something you want to do that you're really afraid of, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Make your mistakes. Go through this podcast and you will hear a lot of little errors and a lot of little mistakes. But that's okay because fundamentally the essence of what I'm trying to share with you is what is important. Not the fact that I make mistakes. As I speak, I speak with intention to let you know that I am you and you are me and I see you and I qualify you and you deserve this moment. So I hope apart from you hearing about my hair stories and my lock journeys and my lock stories, it enables you, it gifts you into you becoming a better version of yourself with your errors, with your mistakes, forgive yourself, but keep learning from your mistakes and keep moving on now if you look for the errors you will find them but if you look for the success story within your life and within this podcast you will find it and you will utilize it to feed your soul and to drive you into knowing that if melissa can i can too thank you for listening to my post share it and come back to hear the next part of my hair story which will be my lock story and my sister locks story thank you bye take care of yourselves bye